It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Okay, now a few things to get to today. Obviously, it is Marathon Monday, so we will talk a moment about that. I actually had my musings uh, just a few moments ago as I was taking a my second walk of the morning, and so I'm going to play that. This is Tom Shattuck, NPR special. You'll hear Nat sound and all sorts of stuff. Um, talk to Michael Graham in, about Ron DeSanctimonious, the meatball death sentence. He was in New Hampshire a couple days ago in a um, spectacularly gorgeous protester stormed the stage. She looked like Sybil Shepherd, which I'll repeat when I talk to Michael Graham um, and see what that means exactly. Uh, that it's been a while since I talked to Michael, and we've um, t- you know shot the breeze on politics, etc. You guys, a lot of you guys remember Michael Graham, obviously from remember me from Michael Graham, as a matter of fact, because I was. Because I was um, his producer, he was a very he's a good talk show host. The de- the word of the day is shambolic, chaotic, disorganized, or mismanaged. I like that. It's not only good for my a good descriptor for my life, but for this episode and for uh, all aspects of my existence, shambolic. Eight six zero. What am I doing? I'm that's in a few minutes. I'm going to start my show in a few minutes. Ten thirty nine. So right now. So. A uh, couple things I want to get to before we get to, to before, before I throw it to me, uh, is um, among other things going on, there is stuff happening in the news, including the um, the New York Times is um, writing, okay, down, where is it? Here we go. The New York Times is writing. Um, yeah, okay. So Reuters is talking about the Fox News closely, one of the most closely watched U.S. media trials in decades starts Tuesday as Fox and Fox News face a $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit by Dominion Voting Systems over the coverage of the U.S. president's election. It's going to be interesting because I find this stuff, like all these communiques between the Fox hosts, etc., 
I found it to be fascinating stuff. And I actually don't really hold it against them. I think it's a tough position to be in when you're, and it's a little prostitutish. There's no doubt about that. But when you're trying to both do the news and opinion stuff straight up, it, but at the same time, the news is fluid. Like right after the election that night, I, I don't know about you, but I thought that Trump had won. And then it seemed real fishy afterwards. I was never totally in on, uh, you know, 10,000 mules or all that stuff. I figure, you know, to to borrow a phrase, uh, the Democrats uh, might have stolen it, but if they stole it, they stole it fair and square. One of the closely watched, most closely watched U.S. media trials in decades kicks off in Delaware court on Monday because uh, they're facing a defamation suit. Dominion, in its lawsuit, accused Fox of destroying its reputation and business by repeatedly airing false claims that its voting machines were used to rig the election. Dominion has said Fox knew the claims were false but continued broadcasting them to appeal to its largely conservative audience and keep viewers. What is Fox's defense? Fox has said Dominion cannot provide that network knowingly spread falsehoods or recklessly disregarded the truth, the legal standard of actual malice that plaintiffs in defamation lawsuits must meet. In other words, they didn't knowingly do it. Like, that would have been me, election night. I was like, what the frig? And then the next day, I'm like, no, there's something wrong here. There's something is going on. And it, it was easy to to believe at the time, because remember, at the time, these the the left was so so panicked by Donald Trump that it's easy to believe that they would have done anything. I think they had proven that, that they were willing to do anything. So that is the Dominion lawsuit. That's just a news item I wanted to uh, to tick off. But I love this this communication between them. I think it's really interesting because, once again, it's a balancing act. And shows like Tucker and Hannity, et cetera, these guys in the five, these, these people, this analysis makes money. So at what point do you separate yourself, if you're them, from Trump who are and let those people go off to OAN and Newsmax? It might be dishonorable or it might seem like it's a weakness but it, these are considerations you got to make i've had my own thing with writing columns and um and editorials and endorsements it's like i had to really think when we endorsed against blumenthal we, we endorsed for the sun we endorsed wang uh, i'm sorry yang um um there was that was going to be the end of Blumenthal money. So I had to I mean that's something you had to think about. But at the end of the day we said, hey, we're a newspaper, we're editorial and we're edit and we're gonna go for Andrew Yang. Um and and so we lost the Blumenthal money, or at least some of the Blumenthal money. And that's for a dying newspaper, ooh, that's tough. But you know, Fox has those same considerations. Uh, now, so the New York Times that I was talking about was Joe Biden is has accelerated his planning for um, an, an announcement video for 425, April 25th, which is the anniversary of his 2019 entry. It's been discussed, but some way the benefits of delay. I, I still think that A.B. Stoddard has a point when she says she doesn't think he's going to run. I mean, the guy looks he looks terrible. It looked like this uh, Ireland trip was a wrap-up trip, a nostalgic trip with his family trip. He's not doing well. Hunter took a lead role. Hunter took a lead role in, in guiding him around. He looked no bueno and banged up. It was not a, it was not a, 
a good look for him. And the fact that he was there at all, not in Tennessee, I mean, he just he just kind of it seems like he stopped caring. In the Wall Street Journal, the the um, Clarence Thomas uh, news is in there, and I think this is interesting too. I don't really have a dog in this fight. I do like Clarence Thomas. The truth about Clarence Thomas's disclosures: he reported carefully on his inherited real estate. ProPublica's uh, reporting was slipshodded and curious. This is from James Taranto. Clarence Thomas lost his beloved maternal grandparents barely a month apart in the spring of 1983. Myers Anderson, known as known uh, whom his grandson knew as Daddy, died of a stroke on March 30th. Christine Anderson, known as Aunt Tina, suffered a stroke as well and died on May 1. Perhaps I thought she'd lost the will to live, Justice Thomas writes in his 2007 memoir, My Grandfather's Son. The Andersons, who were 75 and 70 respectfully, are buried at Palmyra Baptist Church in Liberty County, Georgia. When they died, Mr. Thomas was 34 and chairman of the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Losing Aunt Tina a month after Daddy was more painful than I could ever imagine, he writes. How could I have let myself grow away from her or from the man who was the only real father I'd had? Mr. Thomas inherited one-third interest in a few modest houses Myers Anderson owned. Forty years later, ProPublica has taken a different kind of interest in those properties. ProPublica describes itself as an independent, nonprofit newsroom that produces investigative journalism with a moral force. It promises deep-dive reporting dedicated to exposing corruption, informing the public about complex issues, and using the power of investigative journalism to spur reform. The opinion piece goes on to say, Give ProPublica credit for admitting its journalism has an agenda. So does mine, as the word opinion atop this page should make clear. But ProPublica, ProPublica's acknowledgement that its opinion, it's in the opinion business doesn't excuse it from the obligation to report facts accurately, carefully, carefully and thoroughly. ProPublica has at least three reporters working on the Clarence Thomas beat. Their story, published last Thursday, was titled Billionaire Harlan Crow Bought Property from Clarence Thomas. The, the justice didn't disclose the, detail, the deal. The Troika write that the lack of disclosure appears to be a violation of the law, for ethics law professors told ProPublica. That statement is equivocal because it's a legal theory based on incomplete facts. Justice Thomas didn't respond to ProPublica's questions or to mine. Mr. Crow, a developer and friend of the justice, confirmed in a written statement um, that he bought the child at home of Justice Thomas, which Mr. Crow plans to convert to a museum telling the story of our nation's second black Supreme Court justice. Public documents show the company paid Anderson's heirs a total of $133,000 for the Savannah House and two adjacent, adjacent empty lots. Justice Thomas's mother, 94-year-old Leola Williams, lived in the house at least until 2020 and probably still does. Assuming, assuming Justice Thomas received one-third of the sale price or any amount more than $1,000, the text of the Federal Financial Disclosure Statute would require him to have reported the transaction. He didn't do so and may need to file an amended form. My review of Justice Thomas's disclosures and other documents convinces me that any failure to discuss disclose when it was an honest mistake. On all matters involving his scanty real estate inheritance, he followed the filing instructions for judicial officers and employees, prepared by the Committee on Financial Disclosures of the Administrative Office of the U.S. Courts. Those instructions don't make clear the statutory obligation to disclose the 2014 transaction. Further, the ProPublica Troika made a sloppy reporting error, the effect of which was to cast Justice Thomas's uh, disclosures in a falsely unfavorable light, to make them look shambolic, shambolic, there's that word, or perhaps even dishonest, when in fact they followed the filing instructions without fail. 
Justice Thomas disclosed all of this information in his book that's available for $14. If you're a journalist whose job it is to investigate him, you probably ought to read it, especially if you admire, aspire to produce work, quote, with moral force. Yeah, the Thomas stuff, there's nothing There's nothing to it. It's just an attempt to smear the dude. He's always been fair game. He's very prob problematic for the right, obviously, for many obvious reasons. <sighs> All right, so I want to go throw it to uh, street correspondent Tom Shattuck, who is currently uh, walking in the neighborhood uh, for uh, the 10-year anniversary of the 2013 Boston Marathon bombing. All right, so the day of the marathon bombing... I was, I had the baby. I had Sally then. She was three. I think, I don't think we had any other kids. And Alice was at work. Alice worked, I think at this time, for a fashion company. And I had been fired by 96.9 FM Talks. Me and Michael Graham had been fired a few months earlier. So I was just like, I was at home making sure that I didn't get in the rut of unemployment and just hanging around. And I wanted to make sure that I... Got a whole bunch of stuff done. And uh, I did none of that. I just... I didn't do anything. I like, didn't hang a picture on a wall. After I got fired, I just did nothing. I wasn't under depression or anything. I just... I became a sloth. Not great. I wasn't bringing my best. So, the marathon, the year before, 2012, we had gone with our daughter to the marathon. It's the first time, actually, they were giving away samples of of um, um, hummus and so we fed our daughter hummus and it was fun and we got Alice some shorts while we were there I think we had to snake around you know the marathon it's, it's, it's tough to get across the street uh, not surprisingly among other things but we had to snake around we were right by where the bombings were the next year right at the Peru when, uh, when, when it happened so I was thinking that day of heading down there. I thought, should I head down there? It's kind of a, it's such a pain. And I wouldn't have been able to bring a stroller into, uh, because I just wouldn't do that. To try to bring a stroller through Mar Marathon Monday is crazy. But at the end of the day, I was like, yeah, F it. No, forget it. And I got a picture sent to me as a marathon a few hours later from a, from somebody and it showed all these like limbs and blood in the street. I said, what the hell's going on with the marathon? I assumed it was fake. I said, whoa, what the heck is this? Was on... And I showed my next door neighbor named Junior and a great guy. I said, dude, look at this. This is supposedly like the marathon. And so I showed him. And he's like, whoa, what the hell? But we kind of, it, it was disbelief. He went back to doing yard work or whatever. And then on Twitter, et cetera, you know, it starts to become true. And I remember at one point I went to a packy or something to get some beers. And the guys had all the news on about the explosions. And at that point, we thought it was Muslim terrorists. Uh, maybe it was talk radio saying it or whatever. At that point, there was so much, you know, so much bad information going around. Like there were, there were explosions all over the place and this and that. Um, so the whole thing was just crazy, but I was just like from home, just 
just it's taking in media, radio, etc. I wasn't working. So, so, um, oh, wait, that's right. But also the Herald actually was trying to create Herald Radio at that time. We were supposed to start, but the marathon bombing pushed everything back, obviously. So I went in there one day to do the first inaugural Herald Radio show with Michael Graham. And that's, and they said the Sarnias had been caught that day, a few days after. And we like passed it on. Oh yeah, they've been caught. And it was just bad information. Nobody, nobody in the paper, they were good because they didn't confirm it in the paper. But me and Graham did. Just shows you the difference between talk radio and um, journalism. <laughs> um, but yeah, like everybody else, I was just watching TV. Saw the Watertown thing. And one thing that, by the way, I'm walking and near my house. I've got to get one more walk in. I'm trying to do walk as much as possible. That's why I'm a little bit winded. This is a hill. Believe me, it really is a hill. And like, like everybody else, like the whole thing was unbelievable. The shelter in place thing was was crazy. Didn't make any sense to me. Although I was sheltering in place because, like, Alice had the car and I was just like at home. And and amazing how in Watertown all the machine gun. I'm sure all the gunshots that you could hear on TV, like Dave Wedge was there from the Herald at that time. And they kept shooting and kept shooting. I'm like, holy hell. And the, the, uh, at this point, I didn't know Dick Donahue. I've gotten to know since. I may have met him once at a mutual friend's party. Dick is from Winchester. He's also a, uh, he was a cop who got shot and almost bled out. And, uh, and, not only that, but he worked at the Parker House. A friend of mine, I think, helped get him a job because he's from VMI. And um, so I, we had we quickly became friends, etc. But the whole story, the whole thing was just a... I mean, obviously it's a nightmare. Thinking about Martin Richards and all that stuff. and I can't imagine. I wasn't down there for the blast. I can't imagine how you recover from that. I haven't been around for anything like that, ever. But the shelter in place thing was horse bleep. For not, we never should let, never shelter in place. And even, whether it's COVID or anything else, never shelter in place. It's just not worth it. You can't hide from everything in life. Oh, you did? Thank you. Oh, good. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, uh, well, I guess you didn't say, I should introduce myself. Hi. Can't wait. Hey, Ken. Hey, we've talked before, haven't yeah. we? Well, on the email. email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we've met personally. Glad to meet you. Yeah, you too. You too. Thanks. I'll be, I'll be on soon. You were losing some weight. You look good. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's... it's good work. I, I know, but there's so many taco places around here. It makes it tough. <laughs> Take care. Nice to meet you in person, Ken. Thank you. That was nice. Um... So, yeah, never shelter in place again. We can't be doing that. You notice that the, the Kent, who I just met here, he never actually complimented me, but I was like, thank you, thank you. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an awkward person. With great, not great social skills. But anyway, um, um, ooh, look at that fire pit next door. But anyway, I also was like the whole Boston Strong thing. Oh, gross. It was so gross. Like, how were we strong? We sheltered in place. We shut everything down. 
but we COVID strong too. I remember actually seeing, and I'm a fat, so I can say this, like this huge, very fat person in Melrose who had a Melrose strong shirt on it. I was like, really? We're doing, really? That's what we're doing here? Anyway, I had no time for that stuff. But So that marathon thing, I wish they'd killed Sarnev. I know I heard from a bunch of people in the press who were in Watertown at the time. The cops were just trying to ice him to... to to wax him out to kill him in that boat and they had they had made the decision you know he had killed an MIT cop as far as they knew he had killed um, Donahue that uh, they were just trying to put a bolt in his skull and unfortunately it didn't happen because he's a he's a piece of crap hopefully they'll get iced in prison but uh, that is that I wasn't there unlike Kevin Cullen I was not there for the for the marathon but uh, I hope today goes off well for everybody it is as much as I'd like to say uh, hate on the marathon it is kind of inspiring to be there like near the finish line when when they're crossing i my brother and i went down there when we first moved into beacon hill probably around in 2020 and and that's when the, a young korean guy won i think and it was just like it was so powerful to watch the winner of the thing anyway this is my dispatch back to you tom Thank you, Tom. Excellent work there live from the streets of North Central Merrimack Valley. Is that where I am? Where's Newburyport? I'm not even sure. Now I want to go right to this um, interview with Michael Graham. It's just about death sentence. It had been up in New Hampshire, and a very pretty protester rushed the stage. Without further ado, the maestro. All right, I am thrilled to bring on Michael Graham. You probably know him from talk radio or... Uh, you are not thrilled in am, the least. I am uh, mildly... Uh, I'm, I'm out of... Exactly. I'm out of other alternatives as I bring on... You know, I'm like... <laughs> Yeah. That's right. Um, th- that's- it's like the, remember when the Tonight Show they'd have like these lame guests that yes. you were you knew that so because they couldn't get anyone Steve else. Steve and Edie you know? were not available. Exactly. So we are exactly. going. The velvet fog could not be reached. So we're going to Michael <laughs> Graham. But I am actually thrilled. He is um, the editor in chief. We say the chairperson of Inside Sources. I am the president Managing and CEO editor. of Inside Sources. Wow. You need to know that you president need- and CEO. You need to That's up- what happens when your company has one person. In it. I'm, all, I'm all of the things. I've uh, I've learned two things. Number one, I work for myself. Number two, my boss is an a hole. So that's, uh, that's and you're all of your employees. That's correct. Exactly. Go to insidesources.com. You can see the DC Journal there, the DV Journal, and the NH Journal. The NH Journal, mm-hmm. New Hampshire Journal, NewHampshireJournal.com is what we're going to talk about here because I saw a great video of Ron DeSantis speaking (laughs) in New Hampshire a couple of days ago. I'm going to play this if I can get this. And um, and (laughs) Um, apparently Sybil Shepard stormed the stage, (laughs) who I've always been a fan of, and went after him. Well, two. Two ladies, actually, went after him. Yes, they came rushing up on the stage just minutes after he started speaking, and they were shouting Jews against DeSantis for the 20 seconds that she had. they had on stage before they were ushered off. And they had a banner they tried to unfurl, but they were furl-less thanks to the quick action of the uh, folks involved. And DeSantis just he shrugged it off. He just looked at him and said, well, I guess the speech needed some spice, right? And then he made the point that they had to buy very expensive tickets to attend the event. So let's go. To, this is, in order this is to the audio. This is the inside from Inside Sources. 
But if you looked at governor races, president races, 2010, 12, 14, 16, 18, yeah, thank you. Um, So one thing I notice about these folks, Michael, is that they're not we're not bringing our best anymore when it comes to stage stormers. Uh, you can't rush the stage, get there and then spend time delicate, delicately trying to unfurl, as you said. Uh, neatly. Exactly. Right. Neatly unfurling the uh, the banner. Uh, it, it, the funny part was that it left the attendees completely put like people kept coming up to me going, well, what would they say? I, I don't know. I, I, I only saw part of the band. I think they said something about Jews or like, what they say about Jews? Because it makes no sense to the average person. So at NH journal, we have a piece, uh, explaining the ideology of this group. If not now, they're part of a broader progressive uh, group that believes that Israel is an apartheid state. It's a white supremacist, a colonialist state. And so good progressive Jews hate Israel. And therefore, as their banner says, <laughs> uh, loves Israel, hates Jews. And so, you know, you say that to the average person, like, what? I'm so, I'm so, I, don't, I don't I don't get it. It's like, you know. Loves pigs, hates pork chops. What? Right. I'm what? I'm right. So I don't understand. So do these people target just Republicans? Are they? Do they go after Ilhan Omar? Oh no, no, it's just Republicans. They're progressive. They're progressive okay. lefty, you know, people, and the, you know they're part of the uh, woke movement. And so this is their and it's not new. Their last claim to fame mm -hmm. when there was the 1929 New York City. Um, um, you know that famous actor Dick Van? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I can. There, there was a march. There was a march that Dick Van. Okay, you know, I gotcha. Exactly. Which is, you know, it's amazing the success he's had in show business. Given that two out of the three words in his name, many people find <laughs> offensive. And of course, in case uh, anybody's wondering, you, and you don't know. And by the way, of course, there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Uh, what's will, wrong? You will know. What's wrong with Van? It is. You know, so. <laughs> it is. It's the same last name of the uh, deep, the environmental uh, chief here in Connecticut. So, ah, okay. Yes, which that's, we're, we're going to walk away from slowly now, Mike. It's just walk exactly. So uh, at that march, they uh, fought to keep out pride flags that had the Israeli, you know, Star of David on them because of this an oppressor state. So Jews who supported gay rights. We're told to leave your Israeli pride flags at home because they're not welcome. And when someone said, well, are you guys anti-Semitic? Oh, no, no, no. We want you to leave your American flags home, too. America is also evil. Ah. 
and cannot be part of our celebration of uh, of gay pride. So that's uh, who the folks are. And it, the net result is that Ron DeSantis came to New Hampshire with a lot of people asking questions about one, you know, could he draw a crowd Two, what kind of speech would he get? Would he be wooden? Would he be robotic? Right. You know, was he going to come? You know, all we've seen all these media reports that he, uh, particularly from national media, like Politico and Puck and the gang that he, you know, he sneaks in the back door, walks on the stage and sprints back to the limo to be driven away before the hoi polloi can get anyone near, anywhere near him. Right. So what happened is, he sold the place out, more than 500 tickets. They raised more money in a single night than ever in the history of the party, more than $380,000. And then as soon as the speech was over, he basically mosh-pitted his way into the crowd. Like really? straight down. Yes. Worked every – he was there 45 minutes after he stopped speaking, working the crowd. And then on his way out of town, he stopped at the airport diner near the Manchester airport and wandered Ooh. in and – Said hi to folks. I love the airport diner. I ate there four hundred times yeah. in twenty sixteen. So, so, so that's the narrative about the Santas is that he's not personable. Is that he's right. cold? Is he doesn't want to press the flesh? He eats pudding right. with his fingers. He mispronounces a Thailand. So the whole <laughs> thing about him is we're told that he's a cold a hole. So and nobody and there's no passion. Like there's no there's no right. interest in him. You know the passion's all with Trump. And by the way, there is passion with Trump. And mm -hmm. the hardcore Trump supporters are definitely the most passionate people in the Republican coalition, without a doubt. But they're right. also a you know, relatively small group. And it was I thought it was interesting. There were a handful of people protesting outside, not the Jews for Israel, whatever against <laughs> Israel, whatever they were. But the <laughs> still. By the way, could DeSantis uh, have paid? For better publicity no. than having them run. Rush well, the I mean, if you if you go to NHL.com or read the story, the first thing that the protester that we interviewed afterwards said is, Ron DeSantis is terrible. He wants to be the most pro-Israel governor in America. <laughs> I'm not sure he would find that as insulting as you think he might. Does he might want you to say that again, like three or four times. I think maybe, that might you know. play in Florida, among other places. But, but, here's, yeah, but here's my point. So I'm talking to the, the the Trump supporters. And they, by the way, they had some little pudding pops with them. Yeah. And they, they're just embracing the pudding thing. I don't know yeah. that it's going to get traction, but uh, almost every one of them said, well, if if DeSantis is a nominee, I can definitely support him. I mean, he's fine. Like there, oh, were, you know, what I'm saying it wasn't the same as like so, the anti Mitt Romney or the anti uh, right you know, because I, I think Chris, Chris a, a Romney whatever. came across as somebody who had who was the reason for Trump because he had sold exactly. us out. He hadn't stood up yeah. and defended himself or or Republicans. So so this whole de sanctimonious death sentence Ron to meatball <laughs> stuff. I get the feeling, and you've been there in person with inside mm -hmm. sources in the Hampshire Journal. I get the feeling that people, that core Trump supporters, don't like to hear him dissing. DeSantis. No, it's it's not. I mean, they kind of shrug it off, politics, whatever. But there's no, there there is no burning anger at Ron DeSantis inside the Republican coalition. Uh, just like there's not a lot of burning anger against Trump left in the coalition because most of the people with the burning anger against him, you know, left, they're gone. They're, yeah. They followed Bill Crystal, my old friend, and now they're uh, Democrats basically. <laughs> so if you, you know, I, I would argue that Ron DeSantis is, is, is in the ideal place for weeks. These people have said, Oh, he needs to attack Trump. You got to take on Trump. You want to be the man. You got to beat the man, punch him. Mm -hmm. And DeSantis has ignored him. And DeSantis has instead said, look, I'm, you know, 
I, I like Trump fine and Trump's, you know, got his good parts and, 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 and uh, I would, you know, I, I just would, I'm not going to take the bait. And one of two things is going to happen. Either Trump is going to just sweep into the nomination. No one can stop him. You know, the people are just going to, they're just, the Republican base has decided they don't care about the issue of, you know, electability or they don't buy the argument that he can't win and they're just going to stick with him period. Or people are going to make a decision that for whatever reason, whether it's they don't like Trump or they don't think he can win or because of the, let's say he gets indicted two more times and they're like, oh, crime. And do we really want to have a guy who's in court, you know, three days a week, whatever they decide I'm going to make a change. If the voters decide to make the change, DeSantis has positioned himself as the easiest change to make. If you don't like Mm -hmm. Trump, you want someone else. He gives you someone to vote for who can stop Trump. If you do like Trump, but not sure he can win, he gives you someone to vote for who doesn't hate Trump. He's in the right place. And the question is, as the putting ads run and et cetera, (laughs) can he stay there? Now, are you ready for my pudding confession? Yes. When I was a little kid, they had pudding in a can. I remember. Remember these? Yep. I loved them. And I was supposed to have a plastic spoon and I almost always forgot the plastic spoon in my little, little brown lunch bag. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, I was an idiot. And so I would get to school and eat my sandwich and then I would take out my pudding. I would pull the lid off and then I would curve it into like a right. little you know, tool and I would eat the pudding with the lid because that's what I did. So well, that's, I, I can, that's my pudding shame. Well, so tell me this. So you saw the Lincoln Project. Their take on DeSantis was he caused 9-11. So there's, they said that where was he in 9-11? He barely remembers where he was. Is there any attack on this guy that it can be effective? Uh, well, so, so two things. One is uh, note that uh, Trump has, I think, now three ads attacking him because mm-hmm. he voted – uh, you know, for reforms to Social Security that would, yes, result in future recipients, not current recipients, but future recipients who would like to get something rather than nothing getting less than they would theoretically get. But since you're not going to get anything anyway, because it's going to go broke, you know, but anyway, they, okay. you know, he calls Trump so, calls that slashing Social Security. So that's Trump as well, Paul that, Ryan pushing the old person over the bingo. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Right. And so that's a question is, will. Will that work? Will that cause members of the Republican coalition who are older? Maybe they won't work through the details that it doesn't it it specifically doesn't involve them. In fact, the whole reason to reform Social Security is so that they can keep getting what they get. But other people can also have some, too. Uh, will it cause people to go, you know what? We can't win with a guy who cut Social Security We can, or voted to or voted for whatever. You know, so that that could have an impact on DeSantis. And there's also the six week heart, fetal heartbeat bill, abortion ban, whatever you want to call it. The incredibly close to banning abortions legislation that he just signed into law. And there are people who are asking, can you win a national election with that record around your neck? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very legitimate question for people to ask. Yeah. Well, I I mean, didn't Mike DeWine sign the same thing, essentially? I mean, that's what I hear from people saying. But Mike DeWine isn't running for president. Yeah. Yeah, well, so I mean, and I'm worried about yeah. that. I mean, I, I I think that 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 could be all there is. If you make this about rather than the person, make mm-hmm. it about simply straight up on uh, abortion. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, New York and California aren't in play. So, I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter that there's t- tens of millions of people there who are going to be. No, no, but it's it, it is a real issue. And the uh, you know the the ups the one upside on the abortion piece from a political standpoint. And I'm going to be clear here. I'm not talking about what should 
people do about abortion. Is it right or wrong? I'm talking about pure politics. The one upside for what DeSantis signed is that it has a lot of exceptions. Rape, incest, life of mother, et cetera. Mm-hmm. There's even some more that I had not heard of, as I recall. And the the thing that Americans like is exceptions. That's what they like. It's the same yeah. thing with the border. People want to close the border. Absolutely, 100%. And then they meet whoever, you know, uh, Hu Song, who's fleeing, you know, China, or they meet Juan, who's fleeing the cartels in Nicaragua. Oh, come on, let him in. Oh, let her right. in. She's nice. You know, because we're American. You know, we don't, people don't live by principles and rules. They live by what makes them feel good. Right. And exceptions make people. So I don't like abortion, late term abortion. That's bad. That's just, you know, we really, it's gotten out of control. You can't have abortions in the eighth or ninth month. That's terrible. Okay, great. So how about this abortion plan? Ooh, I don't know. That sounds pretty strict. Well, it's got lots of exceptions. Oh, strict with exceptions? Now you're talking. Mm. And I, so we'll see if that's a, enough. I, I just think it's hard. DeSantis. And I was, I was thinking about this. I just think it's hard because everybody knows a 20 year old woman. Everybody knows or has an actual, actual, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, experience with somebody who's gotten pregnant right. and didn't want to or was surprised or whatever. And right. nobody knows a fetus, you know? Nobody. Right, exactly. So unfortunately, yeah. it's, it, it's so lopsided, this thing. Mm-hmm. And, and my worry is that if you're going to be staunch, six week person, Right. then you've got to be inspiring in your defense of that. And yeah, I, I, absolutely. And uh, it's it, it will be a uh, interesting uh, challenge, particularly in the post-Dobbs era, because in the obviously in the pre-Dobbs era, you could have any position you wanted. Yeah. It didn't matter. The Supreme Court, uh, in my opinion, illegitimately seized the power to make the decision about what the law would be. And the law would be abortion on demand with no restrictions. And uh, that, you know, so now it matters. And now Connecticut can do what Connecticut wants and Florida can do what Florida wants. And the, the thing that completely confuses me, I thought the Republicans had a position on abortion. <laughs> uh, and I thought it was the states should decide. I thought yeah. the idea was New York could have no limits and, uh, you know, South Carolina could have all limits and that would be that. And that seems, by the way, yeah. I think that's how it should be, because I think just like any other medical procedure, the citizens should decide where the lines are. You, right. know, if, uh, you know, you know, can you, uh, you know, have a tattoo by a certain age? The state should decide. No, 18 is too young, 16 is too young. Whatever, you know, if you know, can sure. children it, it, decide it, it, if they want to if they want to go federalism in its healthiest form? Yeah, right. That's what I thought. But apparently we don't do that anymore. And I, that now I'm completely confused. And I, that's to me the the winning strategy is to be the guy who says it's up to you you should have this conversation because you may change your mind over time connecticut may want no restrictions today but as they get more and more evidence that the uh, unborn child can live outside the womb at 20 weeks as technology improves you may you may decide you want to put some restrictions in right. or you may try having a total ban and you look at the, the cost that that is and you decide, you know what, we need to modify it. Those can still happen as long as you let the people be heard. And to, so why not embrace that? I don't. I, but I, what do I know? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's, <laughs> totally. you're giving the left so many wins because, you know, every backbencher, loser, psychotic in West Virginia is, you know, coming up with legislation that's much more extreme, you know, draft legislation in the left acts as if it's being nationalized right and yeah. they're, they're good and, and, and the, 
and and they're very also very good at lying about abortion. They're and yeah. and because the media will not accurately report the issue, it, it's easy for them to get away with it. And so you'll hear uh, uh, you know claims that that state has an abortion ban, and then you yeah. find out. Well, no, it doesn't. It has a late-term abortion ban, which is very different. Oh, right. From and, and an abortion almost, ban. I don't think there's it's, a state that doesn't have a life of the mother clause. But it's a, But my point is, when you call a state with a late-term abortion, well, te- okay, technically, it is a ban because once you get to the you know this eighth month, you can't have an abortion. Well, that's like uh, saying that your state has a driving ban because you're not allowed to drive over a hundred miles an hour (laughs) or you're not allowed to drive a tank, you know, so there you have a driving (laughs) ban. It's it's so dishonest. And, but that's where the press are. They just, the media are just, they are completely on a team. They have abandoned any, any theoretical, you know, concept of objectivity. And so you're left with what we got, which stinks. It's just really, it's, I mean, seriously, I get a headache trying to follow the news because of the, I can't figure out, is it the incompetence or the dishonesty? One of the two yeah. is driving me crazy. Oh, I well, in Connecticut, the TV stations are, act, are advocates for the Democratic administration, the government here. So they'll have, you know, new laws that will uh, reduce crime and will make the Connecticut street <laughs> streets safer are on the books. It's like, what? You're accepting that premise from the Democrats? But yes, they print right. the press release and throw it right into the copy. Let me ask you quickly Incredible. before we let you go. Michael Graham from Inside Sources. Um, the Dems are still expecting to put South Carolina ahead of New Hampshire. And- no. Now, look, 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 uh, let me tell you something. Somebody okay. who has to cover the First Nation primary is part of our job at InsideSources.com. Iowa's going to go first with a caucus. Mm-hmm. New Hampshire's going to go second with the first primary in the nation. And then who the hell knows what's going to happen after that? I don't know. But that's what's going to happen. And every new, and once again, this is the crap news coverage. Yeah. The DNC can say what the calendar is all they want. But when the states ignore the calendar, what difference does it make? <laughs> what the DNC? I mean, what so if the DNC you, moves up South like Carolina, they, like, the, the you are not going to get in that car, young man. You are not going to drive. You are not going to leave it. You are not going to and the car's driving down the street. You are not going to go to the bar. You are not going to have a drink. Okay, you can say that all you want. This is what's going to happen. Iowa is going to have a caucus because the Republicans who control Iowa are going to stop the Democrats from destroying it. The Democrats want to push through rule changes that basically make the caucus a primary there's the you know it's a caucus except for you can just mail in your vote well that's right. not a caucus anymore if you don't have to show up it's not a caucus and i and new hampshire has a state law that says we are going to have you know a, we are going to be a week before any similar contest that's the specific language hmm. so if the democrats turn iowa into a into a primary then New Hampshire will go a week before Iowa. So the Republicans who control Iowa, they have the House, Senate, and the governor's race, the office. They are not going to change that. They're going to have the caucus, and then that'll be on a Monday. And then the following, not that Tuesday, but you know, week week after that Tuesday, New Hampshire will have its primary, probably the end of January. And then I, I assume Nevada and uh, 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 South Carolina will work their way around that. But I will, I will tell you this. Whatever they do, like let's say South Carolina says, and they're not going to because they have a Republican government too. But let's say mm-hmm. that they all went crazy and said, "We're gonna, we're going January one." New Hampshire would go a week before January one. There is no day if they put the their primary tomorrow. New Hampshire would find a DeLorean that goes eighty eight miles an hour, <laughs> shove the primary into it, and go back seven days. I mean, it's just it's just that. So that's what's going to happen. Will it be sanctioned? Will it be unsanctioned? But here is the fascinating story. I know we're running out of time, but here's a fascinating story 
On Wednesday, Inside Sources will be covering the official announcement from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Yep. Uh, in downtown Boston. And by the way, Dennis Kucinich is one of his media like, <laughs> guys. It's just, I just love it. I, uh, I, one of my favorite people. I just, Side uh, conversation, is Mrs. Kucinich still in the picture? Uh, well, I'm hoping that she will be there because I am I plan on attending. And uh, so, he's, so he says he does this announcement. Okay. Because the DNC has this weird new calendar and they've warned everybody, don't you dare go to New Hampshire or Iowa because if you do and you put your name on the ballot, we're going to sanction you or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, what's going to happen? Robert F. Kennedy is going to be in Iowa and Robert F. Kennedy is going to be in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Now, admittedly, Marianne Williamson is too, and I don't want to be mean to Ms. Williamson, but she doesn't have the kind of pop that right. RFK Jr. does because he's a Kennedy. Sure. He has money and he has issues. Yeah. I saw him speak at a New Hampshire event and a third ish, 25% of the crowd was Republicans who are mad about uh, uh, vaccine, vaccine mandates. Yeah. And so they were there. So when you can put together a name ID money and then issues like the environment, remember he's a big time oh, yeah. and the vaccines, he's going to get votes. Yeah. So what's going to happen? He's going to be on the ballot at the caucus and Biden's not, he's going to wow. win the caucus. Now, How now there will be pro Biden people who show up, you know, a loyalty to the party, but there won't be enough to swamp a guy who has thousands of people. Then he comes to New Hampshire. He's going to get 10,000 votes. You Are you really going to have 10,000 people show up to write in Joe Biden in a state that he came in fifth place in 2020? Oh, that's so what happens right. when geezer Biden loses Iowa and New Hampshire coming out of the box? Well, it's he, going to be absolutely fascinating. Well, he runs to Jim Clyburn in South Carolina in hopes to God that they can you know, oh, no, no, he'll, he'll but I know it's dangerous when you're 81 headed to 82. Yeah. And you get embarrassed twice in a row while you're president. Remember what happened to LBJ? One week performance in New Hampshire and he got out of the race. Hmm. So I, I, just, I can't believe the Democrats are going to let this happen. I think you're going to see some amazing roller coaster flip flops. I would not be surprised if Joe Biden, having labeled Iowa, New Hampshire, too white and too racist, you know, to be you know tolerated, suddenly discovers he loves white <laughs> racist Democrats and he's going to be on the ballot because Robert F. Kennedy Jr. It, once again, Kennedy's not a, a threat nationally, but he can definitely embarrass, you know, like Pat Buchanan. He can right. he can definitely Buchanan. Joe Biden really set back his candidacy, and uh, it's going to be fascinating. Watch, we'll, we'll be following it in the New Hampshire Journal, nhjournal.com. Follow them on Twitter, guys. New Hamp Journal, um, and go to insidesources.com to get all of this news. It's going to be a wild time this time because you're right about about RFK. He's a Tucker Carlson Democrat. Like, what a year this is. <laughs> Michael Graham, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. Uh, well, like, you know, I, 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 uh, as long as you have those photos of me, I really don't have much choice, do I? <laughs> Excellent. That works for me. Take it easy. Thank you, fellas. Right to the chat chat brought to us by the new bottles are up, by the way. Chelsea Fire Wicked Hot Sauce. It is the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hotline. Take it away, fellas and ladies. If there's ladies involved, I'm not even sure. You know, Alice, I think sometimes you don't get all the credit you deserve for the creative genius that you are. What? No. I've been vehemently against a remake of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles ever since I first heard the idea several years ago. Mm-hmm. However, I think you hit the nail on the head. I would fully support a Tom Shattuck, Tim and Canton Ooh. revamp of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. <laughs> 
uh, as they journey to Plymouth for the Ooh. KMS show in August. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that now, by the way, because it's just pricey to stay down there. And I'm not going to – I don't know. I don't know. Things are fluid. Things are fluid. It's shambolic at the moment. Those aren't pillows. I could just picture it now. Now, Tom may have to take a little respite from Awaken 180, yeah. get back to his John Candy weight. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think, though, Tim's looking pretty svelte after he got his uh, ticker redone. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, we're looking good there as far as casting is concerned. But I could just see it. Morning after the show, camera pans across the two of them in bed. Cracker Jack's there we everywhere. Go. Those aren't pillows. Yep. How about those bears? I love it, Danny. I, you know, I've got no problem. I still actually think about this is how a, how fat guy I am. I still think about Uncle Buck in that gorgeous breakfast he made for like Macaulay Culkin and Kieran Culkin, whatever the Culkins were. Oh, I want at that breakfast immediately. Hi, just wondering if next time you folks play any Joe Biden cuts, if you could also include Cyril um, singing that waltz during the Joe Biden cut because um, it's more cogent than anything the commander in chief is actually trying to say. Yeah. It's a tough and, time. Uh, it just, it'll make me tolerate it easier. I just, it makes me uh, lose uh, memory every time I hear Joe Biden speaking at, I know. on any subject or giving any speech yeah, it's a, or yeah. telling an extraordinarily long drawn out, no point story. Joey, Sickening. Joey, those men I love. You would have a homosexual come by and make fun. You'd call him a, what do you call him? A horse swoggler? Horse's tail. But I love that Cyril came in, sat in the big chair, and uh, helped move things right along until Alice got back. That Ooh, was terrific. That was it. I'm Thanks glad you again. liked it, Dr. Cheswick. That was rather shambolic, I must say. Hey, Tom and Alice. Uh, Jason from Baldwinville. Hey, Jay. What's going on? By the way, my my oldest son's middle name is Baldwin. I was listening to a podcast today, and they were reacting to Joe Biden's uh, visit to Ireland. Yeah. And I heard the best response from all the podcasts I listened to. Potato. <laughs> Thank you. That is uh, Cyril Shattuck. A uh, quick addendum to my Planes, Trains oh, previous message. Yes. Uh, I did realize in a remake, Alice would be dead. Yes. And yeah. I guess Tom would be going off to Tim's for the holidays. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's a perfect ending. We may need to come up with a an alternate. Um, I don't know what to think on that. You know, worms got to eat too. What can I say? It's a tough world out there. You never know when the, your time comes. All right, guys, thanks so much. Go to Burn Barrel Pod. Follow me on Twitter. You know the thing. You follow um, in Burn Barrel as well. As usual, you guys are awesome. I'll try to be less shambolic tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Love you. See you later. I didn't really hit the post, did I? Okay, now it doesn't. Now I say, see you later. Say la vie.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.